Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's brand new Derby County podcast. Uh, we're on episode two of our podcast after last week's debut. Uh, just a thanks to everybody who sort of gave us feedback uh, on that. It's, it's always nice to hear and we'll obviously do our best to continue that theme along the course of the season. Uh, I'm Johnny Burnell. I'm once again joined by Steve Nicholson and Chris Watson. Are we all good, fellas? Good yeah, fine, thanks John Excellent, uh, recovered from the uh, the dry Friday night Nice one to throw you in, the trip up to Sunderland You knew I'd got a rant <laughs> yeah. you, you knew I had a rant in time here uh, It wasn't much fun stuck on the uh, First of all stuck on the M18 Waiting for the junction to the A1 When we, you know, In the afternoon I thought then This could be a long trip And I think it took us over four hours uh, What I will say on a serious note Apart from our angst in the, in the car is that I just don't get this changing matches to Friday nights. You know, motorways at the best of times are, are difficult places to travel, uh, but Friday afternoons are the worst. And so, you know, for for games to be moved for the benefit of TV to a Friday to a Friday night, I, I just don't get, and I just don't see 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 it's fair for for those supporters who have to travel. Never mind me. Uh, I understand, of course, it gives all Derby County fans or most Derby County fans the chance to watch their team on TV, which they will have done at Sun- uh, the Sunderland game. But really, you know, Friday, you know, Friday night, not for me, we could drop that one. Mm. As passenger in the car, how was he, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> fuming. Constantly checking my watch. I, I like to be there about four hours before, so anything that's cutting down our time, I think Chris realises that, and we put some soothing music on. <laughs> and I have Smooth less radio, time, was it? I, I have less time to, uh, to eat the food in the press room, that sort of thing. <laughs> Indeed. So uh, it wasn't the best of starts, and uh, when uh, a full junction of the A1 was closed on the way home, at one o'clock, half one in the morning, that didn't go down well either. So Friday night football, not for me. Right. So anyway, so let's talk about the football then. Um, so uh, you know, we sort of spoke before, uh, Chris. You got the score right, not the result, uh, or vice versa, result right, yeah. not the score. You got, sorry, you got, you got it wrong. Well, he said nil nil, didn't he? So he got it the draw. Nil nil though. He got the result. I I the we, were, we were consistent. We got it. All got it wrong. <laughs> And yours was the worst, Johnny, because you went for 3-3, three, three, didn't you? <laughs> I said 1-0. Well, you're totally wrong. And it at, wasn't one at one point, my score was correct. <laughs> i tell you what, at one point, my score of 2-1 Derby, when the ball fell to Chris Martin in the box, I was up. I thought, here, I'll show people I know what I'm talking Nine about. Nine times out of ten. And you put it over the bar. You'd expect him to score that. Yeah, so you? really I was right, because you'd expect him to score. But there. Anyway, right, let's move swiftly on from that. So, uh, yeah, the game itself, uh, one apiece. Um, Steve, what do you sort of think a, a good point all in all? It, yeah, I, I think it was. I think it was. I, I said in the podcast last week, I said uh, when this fixture came out in, in June, it looked a tough fixture and, and we would have taken a draw then. Mm. Now, what went on at Sunderland last week and all the shenanigans there, I think everyone thought that Derby could go up there and roll them over. This is Championship football. It doesn't happen like that. You know, What I thought was if Derby scored first, that would be a massive blow for Sunderland. And the biggest disappointment for me was that Derby didn't kick on from there and, and make it count. 
uh, Sunderland could have crumbled at that stage. They didn't, and, and I think they deserve great credit for the spirit they've shown because it was a very difficult situation for them to go one down after 11 minutes. And Simon Grayson said afterwards, he's quite right, that you know that it showed some character there, Sunderland. So sometimes, you know, we've got to give the opposition credit. We don't give the opposition credit enough. They're out there to produce their own performance. They're out there to make it difficult for Derby. So all in all, it was a very, very mixed bag by Derby. Parts of it good, parts of it not so good, parts of it predictable. Uh, so all in all, I think 1-1 has to be seen as a good point, especially away from home. Mm. Agree with that, Chris? Yeah, I don't think there can be many complaints about, about the result. Derby could have lost the game, they could have won the game, but I think the key was to come away not having lost. They didn't come away empty-handed and that's got the season, got them on the board. You know, that we saw over the weekend, there were te- you know fancy teams lost their matches and obviously mm. we'll now be looking to sort of uh, get their seasons up and running. Derby have already done that. You know, it could have been better. I think Gary Rout said that, but it's the first game of the season, and I, you know, I'll be, I'm going to be optimistic for a change and say, you know, I thought there was some encouraging signs. Mm. I think what's important, first games of the season, it's always been the same. You know, if you can get a win, you've got a spring in your step. If you, if you get beat, it's instant depression. So actually, something in the middle has to be seen as, uh, as not too bad. And if you look at history, Derby have now drawn five of the last six opening games so it shouldn't really be a surprise mm. There's been a lot of discussion uh, about Sunderland's goal um, the penalty I mean it, it did hit Butterfield's arm on his way down I mean, it's always difficult to sort of look back and say now but would you say that it was a penalty? It, it was a penalty yeah it, it, was, it was a harsh one mm. but, but unfortunately it clearly struck his arm and that's what the, the referee saw uh, the whole goal was a bit of a mess, really. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh, I was actually writing at the time, but Chris pointed out to me that Huddleston and Davis seemed to get themselves in a tangle. I thought when uh, Honeyman, I think it was, clipped the ball. Crossed in, it in, it? yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought Andre Wisdom could have dealt with it better. He, he headed it flat and down, really, rather than away. And, and and Butterfield then had to try and tidy up inside his own area. Not an easy thing to do, and he was under pressure. And he got bumped about a bit, and and he stumbled, and he stumbled into the ball. It wasn't deliberate, but it clearly struck his arm. So, I mean, I asked Gary right afterwards, and and he said he couldn't really argue with the decision. I think that says everything. Some of the uh, Sky pundits at halftime, Chris, they were saying that had Butterfield have got up straight afterwards, it, it, that it happened, that they don't think the penalty would have been given because he almost stayed on the ground too long after it hit his arm. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. I think I think the referee was was in a good position mm. to see the ball strike Butterfield's arm, and I think as soon as he's seen that, he's thought it was in the area. I've got to give a penalty, and you know it, it's unfortunate when it was clearly accidental. But I, I don't see how he could have given any other uh, uh, any other decision. I mean, there were quite a lot of penalty shouts during the game, mm. uh, all of which, apart from one, weren't given, and they were a lot more. That difficult to call and you could understand why they weren't given mm. uh, but I think that one for me I think was was clear mm. it, was a, it was a poor time to concede the goal I think that was the other thing we have to say Stroke of half time. a couple of minutes before mm. the break needed to get in 1-0 up they, they hadn't kicked on after going 1-0 up uh, the performance first half uh, lacked a lot of I thought uh, control they, they, they never really got on top of Sunderland 
Sunderland say show great spirit, but to concede just for half time is a real lift for the. It's a blow for, for Derby, but it was a real lift for Sunderland. Mm. I, I know that we've obviously done pieces on this in the aftermath of the game, but from a watching point of view, the the fitness uh, definitely told in that you know the, the intense training camp that Derby have obviously done out in Tenerife that sort of clearly paid dividends in the, the tough pre-season that they've had. Yeah, it did, and, and if you speak to the players, you know they said that it's, it's been a tough pre-season, uh, and, and it has to be. You know, this is all part mm. of pre-season. You've got to get you've got to get the running and the yards in, in the bag, and and hopefully, you know, that that will tell in in the coming weeks because these this kind of first month, you know, everyone's bedding in, and there will be strange results. And 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 what you want is is to try and find some consistency straight away. That's why I say a draw isn't that bad a result. Let's be honest. Got to find some consistency, and with that, you've got to find your stamina and all that type of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I thought they finished the game strongly, so I think that's got to be a plus. Mm. And just to add to that, um, I was pitch side after the game, and, and the players, the uh, substitutes, were, were put through a particularly grueling looking warm down as well. I mean, the likes of uh, Vidra and, uh, and Nugent, who had obviously come off the bench, they were. Uh, um, they certainly uh, certainly knew they'd been uh, they'd been out there once they once they came back down the tunnel, uh, and even Alex Pierce, who you know wasn't on the pitch, he he was put through his paces as well. So it's obviously fitness is obviously a key a key thing for Gary Wright. Isn't it, it? It's very important. It's also quite important because because before you get back on the coach for a long journey home, you know you you've got to kind of warm down properly mm. and, and and do all the right things because you can pick up strains and things like that at this time of the season. Ice baths all around then. It was for me when I got in. Yeah, at <laughs> half two in the morning. <laughs> It was my, my tea was cold by then. I'd say, do you want me to talk about Friday night football again? I'll go there. But my no, tea was my tea was well cold. Yeah, so uh, an ice bath would have been preferable to sitting on the A1 at uh, that time of the morning. You must have had ice baths back in your day of playing football then. Ice baths? Yeah, we had one bath or a bin. No, we had no, we had big load of ice cubes. Yeah, we're talking in the fifties now. So <laughs> I think. We had we had one bath, and 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 the younger you were in, in the squad, you went in the bath. The latest <laughs> and uh, the colour of the water at that stage, mate. You can imagine. So uh, don't remind me right. days like that. Right. Anyway, so back back to things on the, on the pitch now. Uh, one player that sort of certainly caught my eye while watching uh, was Richard Keogh. Um Many sort of fans, I was, I was looking at the reaction afterwards, agreed with that. He's obviously had his critics at, at Derby County, and he's been linked with a move away this summer. But um, he kept the captain's armband, and he. he Certainly put that into a performance, didn't he? Yeah, I had, a, I had this, an interesting, a number of interesting discussions with a number of fans in the, in the build-up to the Sunderland game, suggesting that he shouldn't be in the team. Uh, I think his performance showed that he certainly should be in the mm. team. Uh, you know, he, I, I thought he was very, very good. Uh, I, I've defended Richard. If I don't have to defend him, perhaps defend is the wrong word, but I have. Uh, in, in recent seasons because I think the criticism of him has been too severe from some fans uh, but I think he showed his value you, what you can never what you can't ever level against him is he, he gives his all he will make mistakes all the Derby players will make mistakes he will make mistakes and, but I thought on, on Friday he, he stood up uh, he made some important headers uh, he almost scored himself so I, I, I thought yeah, I, he, he, he was my star man mm. in, in the player ratings. It's what he does, isn't it? He seems to revel in these situations mm-hmm. when, when he's, you know, his back's against the wall and people are, are, are telling him that his, uh, his time at Derby is over or whatever. Or um, he, he, seems to, he seems to come back even stronger. And, and he's said as much in interviews previously, you know, he likes to kind of 
prove people wrong. I mm. think it sort of fires him up, and yeah. and we've seen it. You know, he, when he when Paul Clement came in, he had the captaincy taken off him. Um, we weren't sure if he was even going to be in the team, and then he you know played pretty much every game under Clement and after Clement had gone. Then he got the he got the armband back, and of course he he ended up sort of going off to the Euros and, yeah. and playing in a European Championship, um, you know, knockout stage. Um, and I, you know, I thought I thought he was excellent at Sunderland. He just, he just, he, he led, he led from the front as he as he often does. Yeah, he's shown, he's shown great character, mm. and and you know, five or six of the last derby managers can't be wrong because they've all picked him in the team. Mm. Do, do you think there's any reason why Keogh in particular is sort of singled out by, by fans for for criticism? Because as you say, everybody in the team will make mistakes, but it seems like, say for example, if Keogh had given away that penalty. At Sunderland, I feel like the you know criticism that would have come his way would have been significantly harsher than maybe it was at, yeah. at Jacob. But I mean, I don't think this is right, but I do feel um, whether I'm right or wrong that a lot of this goes back obviously to the, to the playoff final in 2014, mm-hmm. when you know Richard made a mistake right at the end of the game, but it wasn't the only mistake. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the goal they conceded against QPR was littered with mistakes right the way down the the left hand side. You know, Bucko. Jake Buxton normally clears everything at that stage or any stage of a game. It doesn't matter. It's first minute or last. It usually goes into the stand. Uh, he didn't, and, and and then Richard made an error as well. But it can't just be because of that, surely. You know, just that's just one error. In, mm. in, I think he's come back strongly since then. I think he's shown good character, and and at the moment, you know, he he deserves to be in the team. As simple as that. I, I think someone once said to me that that, that Brian Clough, the great Brian Clough, once said. If he could find a better centre half than, than Roy McFarland, he'd sign him. He never could, of course, because Roy was the prince of centre halves at that time. Uh, so at the moment, Richard Keogh is one of the two best centre halves in the squad. And if he is, then he plays. Mm. Spot on. Do you uh, happen to catch up with much of the Championship football over the weekend? Obviously, having uh, a Friday game. I'm sure you're glued to the TV on the Saturday, no? <laughs> yes, if I could say away <laughs> long. Uh, no, Chris said earlier, you know. We look at the results straight away, you know, when Reading mm. lost and Sheffield Wednesday lost and Borough lost, you know, Villa drew, I watched Villa, got some good players, uh, they need to mould a team, I feel, I mentioned that last week, uh, I think they missed Codger up front, uh, and they, at the moment, I think last season they had a problem of putting teams away, they didn't score enough goals, and, and they didn't put Hull City away first half, and Hull City came back and, and got a draw, Fulham and Norwich drew as well. So as I say, a, a draw at Sunderland isn't a bad result when you look at that uh, bunch of games. But it's the first game of the season. You know, I watched. Uh, I, I watched. Still another rank coming on here. <laughs> Sorry, here's another rank coming on here. <laughs> but, but I watched stuff on on Saturday afternoon, and, and we're talking like the games are the, in the penultimate month of the season, not the first week of the season. You know, we have to allow teams and players to gradually grow into a season. There's got to be a, that's got to be factored in. You know they can't all win on the first day. They can't all be nine out of ten on the first day. They have to be given time, and that's what that's what football is about. You know, gradually growing into a season. And 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 one of the problems is, I think, too much pressure is placed on them uh, for, for, from outside areas. And and I've said this many for many years now. To produce tables after one game, sorry, it's another rant. Yeah. But to produce league tables after one game is a nonsense. Mm. I'm with you on that one. I'm, I'm, I am with you on that one. I agree. I think it's worth um, 
pointed out as well, I think that seemed to recall Newcastle lost their opening game yeah, last season, did. didn't they? Uh, full of Fulham, yeah. I believe so. I watched yeah, that. they won the war as well. Um, and obviously we saw what happened there. Yeah. They went on to, 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 in the end, be promoted fairly comfortably, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did. I'd say, first game, first game of 46, if you've got a point, and I say Chris said, a point on the board after one game, you move on, you know, and, mm. we, and we move on to, to Wolves at uh, the weekend. Absolutely, but before Wolves, we've obviously got um, the Carabao Cup tie against Grimsby. Obviously, anybody sort of listening uh, after Tuesday, we are recording this on Monday. The game's Tuesday night, so if you're listening from Wednesday onwards, we don't know the score. Um, Do you not know the score, John? Your, your, predi- <laughs> your predictions are so good. Aren't they? Three threes. I mean, you know, in the opening day. I, oh, I think that this one could go to penalties. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Late night again, store. You are an Abba fan, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't even get me. Well, we'll come on to that. We'll come on to that. What, your music choice? <laughs> no. <laughs> the winner takes it all. That was, that was the point. Uh, right, anyway, so yeah, Grimsby. Um, are you thinking that it's going to be uh, a much changed team? Maybe a few of the youngsters in there? Yeah, uh, I, I think the League, the League Cup games coming when they do after the first day, I think it makes it very difficult for managers. Mm-hmm. You know, because you want to win every game. But, but you also understand that you might have to make changes for a number of reasons. One, to give some players who haven't been involved maybe for a week or two in the final friendlies and the first league game the chance to show what they can do. Secondly, to protect maybe some players. I mean, Craig Forsyth is a good example, isn't he? He's just come back from a long-term injury. Do you pile two, three, four games on him in the first two weeks or do you leave him out against Grimsby because you've got to be a bit careful with him. You don't want him to break down, all those types of things. So I think it's very difficult for, for managers uh, and that's why I think you get the, the number of changes you see. I mean, so, you know, we can see seven, eight, nine, ten changes. Uh, you know, one thing I will say is that once you start getting over five changes, you're in the area of gambling then, mm. because you're hoping for a new team to settle immediately. We just talked about Derby at Sunderland, the performance, mixed bag, good and bad. They're not going to settle immediately. But if then you ask another team to settle immediately against Grimsby, it can be very difficult. So I think it puts managers in, in a difficult position Gary Rowett has said that he's going to make changes, so there will be a number of changes. Uh, personally, if I was picking the team and, and everyone was fit and they've got injury problems, and we can talk about them in a minute, they have got injury problems, but but if I was picking the team, I would, I would keep the same back four and goalkeeper because I thought there were shaky moments from the back four against Sunderland. And the sooner, if they are the first choice back four, the sooner they kind of bond and gel together, the better. So I was kind of looked at kind of keeping that base and then changing ahead of that. So to just into no Jonathan Mitchell for you in goal. I would carry, I think I think what's important it's important of course to give to give to give young players a chance. I understand that, but I also thought it's important to have that that kind of diamond, if you like, of a goalkeeper, two centre backs, and a cent and a central midfielder together. Because I think the understanding that comes from that is going to take you a long way through the season. Chris, I think. Obviously, Derby have got bigger priorities in terms mm. of the league, but they don't want to lose this game. No. You know, that's not no. going to do anyone any good, is it? In terms of confidence and, and momentum, and um, I think the ideal scenario is you make a raft of changes and, and you win the tie. Mm. Um, but obviously, it's, it's uh, easier easier said than done. However, I think it could be a good chance for, for the likes of, of Nugent and Vidra to come in, and you know, you put you put them in the team, and they're not. They're not reserve players, are they? No. They, they could quite. Uh, Guy Rout said after the game they could quite easily have started at Sunderland, and there's a few others that, that fall into that bracket. But I take Steve's point: if you make too many changes, 
then it, it, it is a gamble. Yeah, mm. I, I mean, he will make changes. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, but it's right. Too many seasons I've sat through where they've maybe had a, a good start or even a, a draw in the first game, and then they've gone and lost. And I think that can knock them then, and it's knocked them in previous seasons where suddenly you go two, three, four, five without a win. You know, I'm a great believer in dealing with the next game, dealing with the next game. And if you deal with the next game, and then you see that players are tired for the next game, the next league game, mm. so be it. But deal with the next game. Though I think you're right. I, I, I would expect, and I would hope that they look at a change of system, uh, uh, probably a four-two-three-one. I think Vidra and Nugent did well when they came on against Sunderland although it's easy to do well coming on in a first game of the season because players around you are tiring mm-hmm. and I think that's easy but they were lively so they maybe they should be given the chance uh, maybe Vidra behind Eugene that's fine and then the wide area as we said I think in last week's podcast there are a number of players you know and, 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 and I think whoever plays in those positions are much of a muchness at the moment and that's why mm-hmm. I think Gary Rowett is looking for the one or two different attacking options in the, in the transfer market yeah obviously you both uh, saw Gary out this morning at, at the press conference did you sort of get the the vibe from him that he, he would make changes from from well, the game I mean he, he said as such really mm-hmm. I mean he, he mentioned by name uh, people like Vidra Nugent Alex Pearce those, those who were on the bench really yeah. at mm-hmm. Sunderland and, and add to that Marcus Olsen uh, Kechianya and Jamie Hansen yeah. who didn't didn't make the match day squad um, his hand may be forced to some extent in that in the, uh, Tom Huddleston, Bradley Johnson, Johnny Russell and, and Craig Bryson um, are all carrying knocks uh, at the time of recording this. We don't know for sure whether they're, whether they're going to miss out or not, but that was certainly the suggestion this morning. Uh, obviously three central midfielders in there, so if they were all, if they were all missing then you are short of midfielders, although, as you mentioned, it could be, it, there could be a change of formation to, to a 4-3. To, uh, yeah, there, there could be. I think that's what they finished with at, at yeah. Sunderland. And, and, and I said last week, there's something about the 4-3-3 that's just a bit too predictable at the moment. Mm. Uh, the, the squad lends itself to 4-3-3, but in, the, in, in some ways that makes it predictable also. I just think a slight change makes Derby more unpredictable, and I think that's important. Uh, they've got to be able to to play in different ways and if they're, if they're just pigeonholed as a 4-3-3 I think opposition can, can work that out and we've seen that in the past mm. uh, I presume the, the injury situation is it's the same we don't know if they'll be fit for Wolves or well uh, Garrett said on Craig Bryson he's, he's got a bit of a hamstring problem and uh, which, which required an injection um, and they're hoping that if he misses the Grimsby game he, he could be fit for, for Wolves and the subsequent uh, league games um, although obviously it's worth pointing out he, he didn't start at Sunderland um, uh, Bradley Johnson's struggling with his ankle a little bit and so that needs a rest Johnny Russell, uh, dead leg didn't sound too serious um, and t- Tom I think um, just had gen- generally uh, took a bit of a kick in on Friday by the sounds yeah. of it, a go about said he, he had about five bags of ice on his body at the end of the game so um, <laughs> Uh, maybe that, maybe I'll have to get used to that now he's back in the championship. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just kind of envisaged that, that image, can't you, of Tom yes. in the dressing room with, yeah. with five bags it's of ice. It's got to be some big bags, yeah, that's, what, that's what I mean. Uh, good job, it's not bags of peas, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. you know? But uh, yeah, five bags of ice. But I'm sure, uh, I'm sure, if you were to miss Grimsby, I'm sure you'd be ready for mm. for Wars because he, uh, again, as we said last week, he looks like he's going to be a key player. Mm. Um, just sort of away then from the championship. Either of you two catch the uh, Community Shield. 
yesterday, Arsenal Chelsea. I didn't have a phrase. Uh, sorry, that's not. Steve, <laughs> if I say no, it would kind of <laughs> yeah, 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 that's kind it. Of end that Move on. It? But, uh, but but sadly, I did because I'm that type because I am a very sad person, and and uh, if I'm not uh, covering football, I tend to be watching it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yes, I did. Uh, There's only one thing I want to talk about about it. To, to be brutally honest. Yes. Go on. Then. Goalkeepers taking penalties. Yes or no? Is this another rant? You kind of entice me into another rant here, aren't you? What, what did surprise me? It's what was, the listeners want. Yes, indeed. <laughs> what, what did surprise me was that at Courtois came up, stepped up and took Chelsea's second penalty. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get that. Uh, I don't know enough about Chelsea. But I would imagine they've got enough talented players in their eleven to step forward and take a penalty before the goalkeeper. Uh, I think... It may have been Mark Lawrence or one of the pundits said, why shouldn't goalkeepers take the penalties? Because they kick the ball more than any other player. <laughs> but as Chris pointed out, you know, they tend to kick it high. You know, and he did kick it high. You know, and uh, it, it, it's not very often that if, if they scuff the goal kicks or clearances low, then they get criticised. Mm. So he's suddenly not going to kind of drill it into the bottom corner, is he? So I, I, I didn't get that, I'll be mm. honest with you. And as far as your choice of music, Abba... The penalty, the new penalty setup. It, I, I need more convincing that that's yeah. uh, a step in the right direction. Couldn't quite get it, me. I don't understand this thing about oh, it eases the pressure on the second penalty taker, is it, or something? It's the same pressure all round. It's the same pressure pressures, all round. The pressure's on the first penalty yeah. taker. It's on. It's on whatever. Yeah. You know, that's penalty shootouts for yeah. you. That's why they're dramatic. That's that's why you know we, we kind of watch them intently. Uh, it is a test of nerve and skill from 12 yards mm. it's not a lottery as a lot of people say it's a test of nerve and skill from 12 yards so why change the system mm. and just on the goalkeeper taking penalty thing I mean I, I just think it if you're a goalkeeper and you step up as a second penalty taker it just piles more pressure mm. on that person because they kind of have to score because you know that if they don't as happened in this case that's what everyone's talking about yeah. So tomorrow night, Tuesday night against Grimsby, if if it goes to to penalties and you see Scott Carson walking up to take the second penalty, what goes through your mind? Oh, he's going to put it in the top corner. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do anything wrong, can he? <laughs> Scott Carson's player of the year. <laughs> what penalty taker of the year as well? Yeah, is that quite right? Too. No, I would I would still be surprised because mm-hmm. as I say I still think there should be a sufficient number of outfield players confident enough. Mm. To, to step up and, and, and uh, find the net from 12 yards. Uh, am I right in thinking Scott Carson scored a penalty in the competition last season? The Carlisle game? Well, everybody took round, one, didn't they? Well, everyone took yeah. at least yeah. one. Yeah, they did. And he scored, did. didn't he? I think he did I score, yeah. Scored, yeah. yeah. I've, 14, seen, I've seen goalkeepers score before. I mean, that's that, that's fine, but, that's, but he wasn't the second it wasn't the second penalty. I, I get that. If it, gets to the, yes. you know, if it gets to the 11th penalty and all your outfield players have taken one, then mm-hmm. absolutely your goalkeeper should. But uh, to take the second one, I, I was... Slightly surprised, should we say? Those those waiting on deadlines uh, for for newspaper articles, they, were it. they don't want it to go to penalties. <laughs> you keep talking about penalties, I'm getting a bit concerned. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. So let's move on to Saturday then. Back at Pride Park Stadium uh, for the first time this season. Uh, big spending Wolves in town. Obviously, we saw them at the back end of last season uh, when they well they they were safe. And it was a good job because they, they looked like they could really struggle this season. Uh, but, well, it's all changed, isn't it, there? Um, yeah, it, it did all change. I had a quick look uh, at the weekend. Uh, I think only two of the 11 that started back on April 29th mm-hmm. at the Pride Park Stadium started against Borough 
on Saturday in their opening league game. So that's a big change. Uh, I've read the reports of the game uh, and Wolves were the better side, I understand, certainly first half, although they were gifted the one goal. Uh, Ayala, who's, who was here at Derby on loan, played a dreadful square pass across his across the field and, 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 and gave the ball away and they scored. Uh, but we had some good chances you know, to, to equalise uh, and didn't manage to take them. So, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see what Wolves are like. They have spent money, uh, but again, as I said before, it's not quite as simple as that. Mm. You know, you can spend money and you can make changes and all that, but you have to some at some time mould a team. So it'll be a, it'll be a test for them here, uh, but it'll also be a test for Derby. So it's going to be fascinating to see how mm. they handle it. Chris, any thoughts on the game? Well, I, th- I think um, the Derby players, and of course the fans will be uh, will be glad to get back to Pride Park. Of course, they played Hoffenheim there um, in their only home pre-season friendly, uh, so they got a bit of a taste of it. But obviously, the atmosphere is completely different. Mm. The, the crowd, was, what, you know, there wasn't that much of a crowd, and and it's and it is a friendly. Um, I think they'll be relishing the chance to get back out there in front of you know thirty thousand, um, most of whom will, will be will be right behind them. Um, as Steve said, it's. Um, it's a hard one to call because you don't really know what to expect from Wolves, although they are, you know, being tipped by quite a few people to, to go up this year. So I mean, if um, you know Sunderland was was a tough opener away, I think Wolves at home is, is a tough first home game mm. uh, for Derby. But of course, they they did the did the double over them last mm. season. But as you say, it's, you know, it's like to be a completely different Wolves side. Mm. There's usually goals in this game as well yeah, at, at yeah. Derby yeah, and, and Wolves haven't been done particularly well here. Uh, recently, so it's going to be interesting. But, but what what will be interesting before the game is is, is who the, the eleven Gary Rowett sends out there because I've got a feeling even though he'll make changes against Grimsby, I think he'll be looking at a certain number of those players to see if they should stay in for the league game. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially in the final third, the attacking departments. I think he he wanted more than he saw against Sunderland, uh, and. <coughs> I think he'll be looking at those areas against Grimsby. It's a very different game, obviously, but I think he'll be looking in those areas to see if, if there's a spark there he could maybe use against Wolves. So, mm. And as I said before, systems. It's, <clears throat> we talk a lot about systems, but, but I think it's important, it's not everything, but it's important to find the system, that, that to, a system that's going to work for you. And at the moment, I'm just a bit of a downer on the 4-3-3. Mm. You sort of think the, the back five... And then you know two of the midfield positions. It probably picks themselves, mm-hmm. don't they? So it is just that front three. If you're playing a three, or, or the, the I think so. Four. I mean, if if you were picking a four-two-three-one tomorrow to, uh, for for a game, say tomorrow, and and, and I think you'd, you'd get Carson obviously, and you'd have yeah. the same back four. You know, Wisdom, Keo, uh, Davis, and, and, and Forsyth, uh, and then you've got Huddleston. If you're having a two in there at the moment, you'd probably go with Johnson, uh, and then it's that next four. Mm. You know, it's that next four, and uh, there's, there's a big push at the moment for Vidra uh, to play as the one behind the striker. Again, if he plays at Grimsby, you know, let's see something from mm. him. You know, if, if I was him and, and I got the nod for Grimsby, I'd be really you know, out there to impress because uh, he, he must see a, a little chink there where he is a, there's a, a chance for him to get in the starting 11. Uh, and again, for the wide players, I think those wide areas are up for grabs. I really do. We said that before the start of the season. I still think they're up for grabs. Uh, none of those players uh, in the first game nailed down those positions. Uh, so 
if I again if I was a wide player I'd see it as an opportunity to say look pick me in the team mm. um, just to back on Wolves I mean they are very much an, an unknown quantity um, in terms of the manager they, they brought in and some of the players that they brought in have obviously spent big on, on you know Ruben, Ruben Neves mm-hmm. and Diogo Jota mm-hmm. it, it sort of shows the uh, the calibre of the league though don't you think that it you know the, these players are, are opting to come to England but to drop into the a second division of England you know and you know people playing at Atletico Madrid and Porto and now they're playing at, at Wolverhampton Wanderers I guess it's because the prize is so big mm. if they can get to the Premier League I think that's what they're looking at it's just you know, one season in the Championship, and if we can get up, we're suddenly playing in the Premier League, and then it's a completely different ball game. Um, I think that's that's probably what they're looking at. And, and we see, you, you look at the clubs in the Championship now. There's some big clubs in there historically, and mm-hmm. you know, in recent times as well. There's teams that you know have been in the Premier League not not very long ago, obviously. And then you've got the likes of Derby. Um, and clubs of that size who have been down for a while and, and mm. Wolves, Wolves falls mm. into that category mm. of to, to quote a cliche sleeping giant um, <laughs> now obviously they've got the ownership in place that allowed, that has allowed them to bring these players in they've got the setup as well with mm. the manager and his you know right hand man as it were and that's how they've managed to get these players to the club it remains to be seen if that's going to get them up but certainly you know they've obviously got a bit of quality about them mm. it's just about them clicking I suppose isn't it you, know, you can have all these players and yeah. you know, if they don't gel and don't yeah, work we said that about, we're saying that about Aston Villa you know, and we yeah. were saying that about a, a, a few teams even Derby mm. you know it's about getting the 11 to click uh, and you know at the moment at Derby there's still that little issue about the guy that wants to bring in one or two more players before the window closes so actually by the time we get to the end, but the end of the window, if Gary Wright was to bring in two new faces, then Derby could look completely different mm. at that stage. You know, if there are two attacking players, they, they, the, the whole shape of the thing could look different. Because the way they're set, set up at the moment, I don't see them conceding many goals mm. at the moment. I, I think they've got quite a solid base. As I say, there were a few rusty bits and a few uh, uncertain bits uh, against Sunderland. I thought Craig Forsyth at times was a little rusty, which you, which is understandable having been out for so long and he's just feeling his way back uh, so the, I, I think they'll have a solid base I don't think that was any, ever in doubt uh, under, under in the Gary outside but it's just that bit that final third bit that turns those draws into wins mm-hmm. you know that, that turns those tight games your way uh, and that's what he's looking for just that little bit different and you know he's been linked with, with the players Lawrence and, and uh, Terrell and Robinson from, from Preston Lookman. Uh, Lookman now from, from Everton who's a very pacey young player uh, so you can see what he's thinking about different players uh, just to add something different to, to what they've got because there were times on, on Friday when it just looked a bit the same as mm-hmm. it was uh, it, it, I say he strengthened the back with Wisdom and Davis and he certainly strengthened the middle of the pitch with, Hud- with Huddleston but as he admitted to, uh, to us uh, uh, when we last spoke he they haven't quite yet dealt with the with the final third of the pitch. Mm. Got to be glad that it's all back though, surely. Football's back. I wouldn't have said that at <laughs> half two on Saturday morning. <laughs> oh no! Look at this. He's had the summer summer to to recuperate, recharge his batteries. First game in, 
and that's it. Nico's we're done. We're all delighted. I think it's just <laughs> Steve. Steve had already been through a pretty grueling season <laughs> yes. program, so he's you know his match fitness is through. <laughs> um, he's, he's well into it already. But, uh, I, but I yeah, thought, yeah, we're all delighted. I thought I'd be up to pace by now, but I'm still creaking. <laughs> <laughs> right. So just because you uh, enjoyed doing them so much last week. Um, predictions absolutely yeah, How yeah. Can you predict so Wolves you, I was going to say we'll, we won't do Grimsby because as I say then we'll probably look foolish if people are listening on Wednesday and uh, it's that. already game yeah we, we can't have that well I went through so, last time and I was I was 99% right wasn't I because Chris <laughs> Martin should have scored it would have been 2-1 to Derby so I'll let you go first uh, I'm going to go 2-0 Derby I, I think that they will be too strong for Wolves um, uh, Wolves I'm not sure if Nua Dicko will be back either. I know that he missed the game uh, against Middlesbrough and at Pride Park he was by far and away their most dangerous forward and I can't see them getting through Derby's defence if I'm being brutally honest. So I'm going to go 2-0 Derby County. I am still thinking... A stunned silence. I actually agree with you. You agree? Can Hang I on, so can, can somebody, can somebody take a clip yeah. of this? Can someone mark this down in the diary? I actually agree with Johnny, it's the first time ever. <laughs> uh, I actually agree, yeah, I think that's a good shout. Okay. Well, I'm going to say that Wolves are going to score, but Derby are going to win 2 1. Yeah, I was thinking 2 1 as well. They're all good shouts. Oh, here we Come go. <laughs> they're all good shouts, you know. Yeah, I think they're all good shouts, those. Uh, I think Derby will win. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but as you say, I think it's the unknown thing about Wolves. Mm. It's not really knowing, but but you know, Borough was a test to them, obviously, and, and they won that. But I think this is more of a test. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Ruben Neves is still injured as well, so I don't think they'll be playing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as you say, it will be will be a test. But confident with a two 0 win. <laughs> Heard it here first. That's it. Right, that's uh, that's all then for this week. So uh, if you're going to, to either of the games this week, do enjoy them. And uh, we'll be back next week for, for much more of the same. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at DerbyTelDCFC. We're on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash DerbyTelDCFC. Uh, or you can obviously follow all the latest news uh, and views at www.derbytelegraph.co.uk. Uh, alternatively if you want to listen back to these podcasts which I'm sure loads of you do uh, you can find us on Audio Boom if you just search for It's Black and White uh, we'll be on there so thanks very much for listening and we'll see you all again soon cheers